When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week where we were going to be reviewing uh, last night's fantastic win uh, against Hibs at Easter Road and previewing the upcoming game in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal at Ibrox against Wraith Rovers. I'm Cammy Bell, I'm your host, and joining me this week is a man who braved the, the Edinburgh weather last night. It was a bit cold, I think it's fair to be say, is Mr James Forrest. James, thank you so much for jumping on extra and being part of it. My absolute pleasure, Cammy. Yes, my hands were very cold, but my heart was very warm. And not broken. And not broken, yeah. I know. God, that song, it just goes on forever, man. It really does. It's like, I'm sure they started singing that and then they stopped singing it about midway through the first half. I think we had to make them stop singing it uh, when Tad scored the penalty. Uh, it's it's the sort of song that just drones on and on and on. And you think, all oh, right, that's done. And you're right. It just and starts back up again. Oh, for God's sake, and go over it all over again. Um, they think it's some sort of rousing chant uh, to build up. It's so dreary, so depressing. It's very apt for them, actually, thinking about it. So uh, I can see why they do it. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, James, we'll jump straight into it, because as I say, with uh, with last night's game and also the weekend coming up, we've got a good wee bit to cover. So um, I think uh, for me, James, it was quite a nice treat to be able to hear dialogue from the manager and the build up to this uh, this game, talking about you know the, the the shirts are now yours to keep if you if you play well enough you keep it if you don't then you're going to end up losing it. We've spoken a lot I think before about the lack of intra squad competition. Fair enough, that's probably been um, convoluted with the fact that we've had struggles to to recruit within certain areas of the park, meaning players almost just you know got the the position by default. Um, and also injuries as well, which has hit us, I think, pretty much across the course of the season in, in, in most areas of the of the team. But as you're making your way into Easter Road yesterday and you saw that team 
you, I'm, 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 I'm fairly sure I can, I, I can answer on your behalf, but I've got to assume that you were, you were pretty happy being able to see certainly Cantwell and Raskin um, stepping into the breach. Totally, um, that midfield three just makes so much sense, and we'll, we'll talk as we go on about the specifics as to why I think it makes sense to have to have that. But off the back of how they performed in that first half against Kilmarnock. Listen, we'll, we'll not try and rewrite history here and suggest that actually the second half at Ibrox on Saturday was actually okay. It wasn't. Um, but it's definitely the right midfield to be going with right now um, in terms of the form that they're in. And the same with the front line as well. I didn't think there was anything that uh, players had done uh, off the back of that game to merit not being included. So it is encouraging to hear that the manager will say, you know, these guys are performing well enough to keep the shirt. The guys who are not, they have to prove at any opportunity that they then get, whether it be in training or in, in games if they're coming off the bench, that they have the right to challenge for that shirt. The only winner out of that is Rangers. That you know, To have that level of competition for places, it's something we've not had a lot of, of late when we've had our best teams it's not just been 11 players. It's been a group of 16, 17 guys who can all make that sort of impact. That's the goal that we want to get to eventually. We're not there right now, but it feels certainly thinking longer term, because I think we're all thinking that at the moment, that there is a starting point at this now with the new guys coming into the midfield playing a massive part in that because they make such a difference to how we play, I think. Yeah, listen, I, I think that's that's bang on the money. I think the challenge for us has always been about being able to try and see if we can get it to fit together so that it gels whilst at the same time trying to induce a good bit of tempo whilst at the same time trying to, to implement a design that allows that team um, to, to play to its capability. And I think, you know, we saw this certainly last time we were in Edinburgh, obviously, at Tynecastle, where I think that you, you you saw it start to click and start to fit in and, and fit really well. And I think that now what you're starting to see is from Michael Beale, now this idea of he's starting to to, to feel that it can work when, it, when he has particular players for selection, but when they then have to be replaced, it then has to... To, to not see a detrimental impact to the team or a, a minimised detrimental impact. You know what I mean? You, you know that, what's going to happen within that as well, do you know what I mean? But one of the things I want to talk to you about, um, James, is we is, is we kind of go through some of the game and stuff as well. And I do want to talk about some of the, the incidents and goals and stuff as well. Was yet again, um, we, uh, we fell behind. Um, not the first time under Michael Beale um, and certainly not at an away ground, which typically has not been... Uh, very favourable to us in the past, but yet again, been able to not see it dent our confidence, not to hit us as a as a major body blow. There's something about this which I think is very interesting because we we see the reaction coming from teams um, that that go ahead against us out with Celtic because I still think we have that nut to crack in terms of how we come back against them. We did it uh, at New Year, obviously but we couldn't see out the result, whereas the difference with these teams is that we can come back and we can get the win. Mm-hmm. Nothing that Conor Goldson could do, uh, in my opinion, for the OG, but it does show what I think could be a bit of a frailty with towards being able to try and 
get a high ball over us, been able to then put it in low at pace. And it was, for me, a little bit reminiscent of the goals that we've conceded. Certainly, League Cup finals are a, a good example of that. We were just failing to be able to try and cut that out. It zips across. I don't blame Goldson. Goldson, if any contact with, with the distance to goal, I think you know it's it's almost impossible to avoid it getting in. But there's definitely some work that we need to be able to try and do there in terms of showing that up a, uh, you know, a lot better. The issue is not about Goldson you know, putting the ball in the net. The issue is about how the player at the back post has all the time in the world to play that ball across. Um, we didn't start the game at all well. I think part of that was down to the Hibs players trying to very much feed off the emotion of the ground. Um, yeah. And I think that that was something that the manager was trying to kind of sort of tap into at the start. And you could see that. You could see that they were, you know, giving their absolute everything. They were desperate to get that goal to go ahead. It's a daft free kick to give away the ball in. It's quite clearly aiming for the back post. There's absolutely no one there. The guy has all the time, as I say, to, you know, hit the ball down. Taking two touches in the box in that position is criminal enough hitting that ball across and just the way that Goldson's running toward to try and do something with it because of the type of ball it is it, you know, he's only really able to hit with his right foot, if he tries to hit with his left he'll fall over and the ball still end up in the back of the net so I don't blame him at all for that I blame the lack of defending at set piece um, for what, what happened there um, problem for Hibs was, after that they knackered themselves in that first 10 minutes and we were able to just pick them off bit by bit afterward. And we'll talk about some of the good things that we did with that afterwards, but that certainly played a big part in the fact that we got that when the game management from Hibs was really, really bad. And I think what you're saying as well is right, how I feel now under Michael Beale that we don't let these sorts of setbacks get to us as much as what we maybe did uh, previously. There is that confidence that we have, the players that we have, the right style, the right structure to be able to get back into the games very, very quickly. We also pay the VAR refs, of course, because that's what all opposition fans think. Um, and I'm sure everyone uh, at their uh, places of work had that uh, all happen again today, which was just really, really funny. Um, but Well, see, yeah. it's interesting because, sorry to jump in, but it's, mm. it's actually because that is one thing I really specifically did want to talk about. I was making notes for, for jumping onto the the um the recording with you. And one of the things I've I've just got, I think quadruple underlined is how on earth Don Robinson did not give that penalty yesterday in real time. And it's interesting because we um uh we covered it on our post match show on our Patreon site. Um the the fact that we think that what's happening is that referees are they're waiting, right? It's probably the best way to say it. They hope that what's going to happen is they don't give a decision, the VAR team will be the safety net. They'll pick that up. Mm. I don't know about your, and, and this is why I specifically wanted to get your take on it, James, because you were obviously there last night. But in the ground in real time, did that look a penalty to you or did it just look like Kent had, had slipped or, you know, did you were you claiming for it straight away? So I was sitting in, well, standing in like the upper stand right in the corner where you've got that wee bit where it kind of cuts in so I've literally able to, I'm able to kind of lean back against the wall while watching the game and I'm quite far up that wee bit uh, I'm right behind where if anyone's been to Easter Road and, and knows that that bit of the stand where there's like the one seat on its own and that's it I'm as far away 
as you can possibly get from the incident itself, I could see that it was a penalty because there is no reason for Ryan Kent to go down in in that situation. He could easily cut the ball back inside for one of the players running, it was probably Cholak, um, for an easy finish. Why does he need to go down in that in, in that scenario? Um, you're absolutely right. It's down to the referee knowing that they've got that safety net now. If anything, you would think it would go the other way where they'll be more inclined to give the penalty. Um, and if it's a mistake to give that, then fine, they'll undo that. But for some reason, the refs feel it's safer to be more conservative in that respect and go against making the big call and let something else make the big call. It just makes the referee look worse off the back of it, though, I think. Um, shock horror Scottish refs are poor at their job. Um, it's something we've talked about before. It's something we will talk about again. But I couldn't believe that he didn't give it at the time. But at the same time, I was confident that when it was going to get checked, yeah, they'll, they'll give it as a penalty. There's no no question they did. And it was well put away by the skipper. Yeah, it was. And and I think sometimes people, it's it's always interesting when you talk to people about James Tavernier's penalties because that's a tough penalty to take. And, you know, you, you mentioned before about how emotive the ground was. I, I don't like going to Easter Road at the best of times anyway, but I still sometimes think that Hibs can get the bit between their teeth when they're playing us um, in their own patch. But to be able to take that penalty with such confidence, I think I think Tav's on 97 now um, from the spot. Um I don't think we can overlook it, and I don't think many people do, right? Maybe I'm just overthinking the fact that Tab does come in for a lot of criticism and stuff. But a pretty crucial penalty, and I think for me that was the absolute um, tide changer. I think that was the one that was able to get us on to solidifying a, a decent response back from the OG. You say we didn't start it well, uh, which I agree with. But being able to finish that penalty and finish it so succinctly past David Marshall, who I do believe is a very good goalkeeper, he later on pulled out a fantastic stop against Borna Barisic. But Tav will always look to be able to try and deliver in these situations. And I think, you know, when when it's, it's easy to say, well, he scores goals, but a lot of them are penalties. Sometimes those are harder than chances you don't even have to think twice about and you can just slot away. He really has to be able to try and make sure that that's a strong penalty to beat David Marshall. He doesn't hide. He never hides in those situations. People talk about, oh, he's, he's never a captain and stuff like that. But scenarios like that, and you're absolutely right, it's four minutes after they score and we have a chance to equalise straight away. And what that does to the atmosphere of the ground if we don't score that penalty is huge for him. But he takes on. It would be so easy for him to turn around and say, Cholak, you're the number nine. You take this pen this time. I believe in you, big man. Whilst he runs back to his position to potentially defend the counter. But he'll step up every single time for that because he believes in his ability in front of goal from the penalty spot. And the numbers that he's got for goals as a right back, it continues to astound. It continues to amaze, not just goals, but also assist the attacking contributions of our right-back is incredible. And this is why what you're saying there is bang on as to why people, when people say, oh, but it's only penalties. Yeah, well, you step up 
in a scenario like that and take a penalty and see what happens. It was, yeah, they're it tough. Was they're very tough. Yeah. Um, as I say, Rangers now were starting to, to really pick apart Hibs, and I think that you know from that perspective, the, the Hibs players were really starting to kind of retreat in themselves. Um, a number of a good opportunities started to come our way. Ryan Kent, I thought, was looking you know particularly um, uh, prominent at this stage. Fashion Sakala, we mentioned the Kent chance there for the penalty and stuff as well. That was thanks to a Fashion Sakala uh, piece of play, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. We get the we get the lead, James, on a, on thirty four minutes with a, a a Tony Cholak goal. His first in the league since October. Um, a, a really strong finish. I think it's good, but. For me, what I really enjoy about this is, and it's funny you talk about the penalties because I think that um, for me against Kilmarnock, I thought Cholak might have taken the penalty against Kilmarnock just to try and get a goal in for him because mm. you can tell he's he's had that drought. You can tell he wants to be able to try and get back into it following his injury and what have you. Um, really, a really well worked goal, but a lovely little dink finish, not a problem to him at all. Slots it away, and I'm just so glad that you know he's justified his selection within this. To make sure that he, um, he he's on the end of those types of chances, and and there he was. It's great work from Sakala as well. Um, yeah, yeah, making, absolutely. Making the run, and I think you know, just something I want to talk about is how we how we shaped up in the attack, which I think was a really interesting change, um, and was maybe a bit more <sighs> deliberate than what it's maybe been in the past. But you know, Sakala getting down the left hand side, Hibs were quite high line, so it was quite easy for him to kind of get by. Those guys, um, it's a great ball across. Cholak had easier chances that he wasn't able to convert during that first half, and this is a this is a harder opportunity that he then puts away. Uh, but you would always want to have him there, ready for those scenarios, because he is someone that in the penalty area you have that confidence of him being able to finish. Um, and when we saw the team lines, it was natural to maybe think that you would have a situation where Sakala would be more the kind of right-sided attacker, Cholak as a centre, and then Kent on the left-hand side, but maybe kind of cutting more uh, inside. This was a lot more deliberate that Kent didn't really play as a winger or as a wide attacker, as we have now. He was absolutely that kind of number 10 position, a centre-forward, if you will. And I think the reason why we did that was because we can see that Cholak does work maybe slightly better in this setup when he's got a strike partner. And that's essentially what Sakala was doing. He was being a, a second striker alongside Cholak. But the good thing about what Sakala does is because of that speed and because of how he can quickly get the ball into area with him there, all Cholak has to do is just be ready to receive the ball. Now, Cholak, bless him, will try offer that same type of advancement with the ball going forward, but he doesn't do it in the same way that Sakala can. Now, there were again moments where Sakala did things, you're thinking, why did you make that decision? That's just what fashion Sakala does, but he will also do really, really good things as we saw in the second half as well. But I think that's a really interesting one to keep an eye on now as to whether we are more inclined to play almost a strike partnership rather than your lone striker. And if that's then getting the best out of Cholak and he's able to provide those numbers off the back of that with someone like Sakala alongside him, I could see that being how we shape up going forward for quite a bit. And I'm quite excited by that prospect for the players that we've got. I think that could really work. Well, listen, we're going to talk about him anyway because of the next goal. So I think let's stay on fashion Sakala for the moment because I think that's there's some great, um, some great points made there. 
Um, and I think it's 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 entirely valid about where Sakala can look to be able to try and almost work himself into that feeder role where if he's if he's creating opportunities for Cholak, if Cholak is going to stay around centre, Sakala can then look to be able to try and provide him with opportunities being able to try and come in. Or alternatively, forgive the terminology, fashion the chance for himself. But the, the third goal, James, um, as I say, not long before the hour mark, um, Hibbs really just, as I say, we're, we're pretty much out of the game from the Tavernier penalty, in my opinion. But this particular goal, I think, encapsulates why fans want to love Fashion Sakala, but find it easy to be mystified by him. A really poor clearance by Hibbs. Ryan Jack, who we, we, we welcome back to because we absolutely cannot not mention him. Hmm. Um, a, a really, a, a quite an expertly fashioned header, uh, um, fashioned header down to Sakala, but cushioned and almost deliberately delivered back to him with pace, which I thought was absolutely fantastic to be able to do that in a ball that's been travelling at speed to send it straight back in the opposite direction. Um, it takes a lot of skill. It's not an easy thing to do. Sakala receives the ball now. I would have totally expected Sakala to take a touch here and stop the ball with his back to goal and then do a 180, look at his options, assess the situation and do that all as quickly as he possibly could before Marshall or Fish descend on him and then his, his time is kind of pretty much done and dusted. Instead, what he does is he does a feint, takes Fish completely out of the game and then slots it brilliantly past Marshall. Now, it's easy for people to probably see that and go, well, yeah, that's a defensive lapse. But there's there's tons of work there to do. And this is what's amazing to me about Sakala. That at times he can look and he can fluff his lines. We've criticised him for the League Cup final. But yet you see this finish. Absolutely brilliant. He's the kind of guy that he can do that, but at the same time, in the same move, he could almost shoot the ball and it would end up out, out of the ground as well. Um, but I think you sometimes understand why he's a Rangers player and not someone that's playing in the Premier League. Because if he had that consistency, then you know we'd be we'd be selling him for good money uh, and he'd be playing Premier League football um, because the natural talent that he has uh, is always impressive I think it's just maybe the decision making sometimes that perhaps doesn't quite mesh up with that but, but, let's that, not but that, be... that's that's exactly it that's exactly yeah. what I mean because I would have said that the decision at that point again would have been for him to, to stop the ball and then as I say look and, and he just does it so quickly mm. and you're like where is this more often do you know what I mean like where does this just come out of nowhere it doesn't yeah, it's, exist. It's, it's the, so the, weird. Yeah. The more often thing just doesn't exist with fashion. But we, I think, I, I, I hate to use this term, but I think we just accept that with him because that's the sort of player that we're going to be able to get right now. That's the sort of market that we are in. Um, but it doesn't make him a bad player. He's not. He's a really good player when you use him right. Um, and the good thing is there's there's a number of different ways that you can use him. He's... He's someone that's played a number of different positions for us this season. He's played as a right winger. He's played on the left. He's played as a, a second striker. He's played as the main striker. 
you know, we've asked him to do so many different things. And, you know, he does it and he always tries. And we, we talk about other players like Ryan Kent, who had another really good night, uh, who we say, so long as they're always trying and they're always giving it their all, then we will absolutely back you. It's hard to think of many guys who play for us right now that try as hard, if not harder, than Fashion Sakala. So when he puts that ball away, you're celebrating even more because, first of all, the game's done at that point. There's no question that we are getting the win with that goal. And secondly, you want to reward that great effort that he puts in all the time. He's really, really happy. And the way that the team came over, celebrated in front of fans and given it to the Hibs fans at the same time, yeah, my fucking team right there. Well, that's the point. I think, you, you, you know, you, you nailed there was the fact that maybe it is just a case that he's trying too hard. And I, I think that this is where sometimes the supporters have been a little bit exasperated with him because no one can no one can lay the blame at Fashion Sakala's load of lack of effort. Right? Absolutely no one. There's absolutely no chance you could get away with that argument. There's counter-arguments to say that, you know, there's, there's sometimes he's a little bit... Um, you know, raw and, and I think, you know, a little bit reckless in terms of some of the chances that he, he gets. So I don't know if that's a maturity thing that needs to come into it. Now, I'm not necessarily calling him immature, but I think he's excitable. I think it's probably the best word that I could use to describe him because he does want to be able to to, to score all his goals and contribute to the team, etc., etc. And I don't think for a single minute, right, that he looks at that League Cup final opportunity that he had and, and doesn't beat himself up about it. I mean, I've got zero doubt whatsoever that he has probably replayed that goal or that um, opportunity back in his mind, you know, a million times. I totally get that. But what fans want to be able to try and get from him is that degree of consistency. So if we can, if we can coach that into him and almost show him things like this goal that we're talking about and say, look, maybe not thinking is the best thing to do in that situation. Because I don't think he thinks about that at all. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, deriding the chance. I mean, as I say, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But that instinctive, I know where the players are around me, I know how to be able to create the space, to be able to get shot, I know I can't take an additional touch, I know exactly where the goal is. All of that kind of combined, you saw that finish last night. And I think as, as well as all of that, because the other thing I do want to, I don't want to just talk about his goal actually, James, on that as well, because I actually think the fashion Sakal, as you mentioned there with the Cholak opportunities, but I also think that he was um, constantly looking to be able to try and get an output. And what I mean by that is not just run with the ball and just hope for the best or, you know, hit the byline or whatever. He was constantly looking up. He was varying his style of play. The, the balls that he was, he was playing into to his teammates were measured. They were far better. And I think that if we could if we could harness that can, so it could be consistent, as consistent as it possibly could, right, you know, within sport, but as consistent as we could, I think Fashion Sakala could shape up to be something pretty special for us in the long run. Yeah, the key word for Fashion Sakala right now is consistency, for sure. But I think that works two ways as well, because I think as much as we, we want him to kind of give us consistently solid performances like last night we also on the flip side need to use him consistently as well I mentioned that in terms of how he's been used in a number of different positions if we can say to him for the next you know however many games period of time this is what you're going to be doing this is 
you know, we've we've found something here with what you can do alongside Antonio Chola. We're going to give you this run of games to just really work on that and develop that and get better at that. Then I think you can see the benefits of that. We can't after one game where he maybe doesn't quite show as good uh, a level. We can't then just dump him and say, "Ah, he's useless. Sell him for a million or whatnot." You know, we need to give him that time, that opportunity. We've done it with other players. You know, we 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 have this habit of too often, you know, waiting for that inevitable moment where we think that, oh, no, he's shit, nah, get rid, um, never want to see him in a Rangers jersey again, that sort of thing. But the talent's clearly there. And when you give him that freedom to express, look what he's able to then do off the back of that. Um, and listen, he's not the only one that's going to benefit from that too. The other guy that will is Cholak. And look what he managed to do in the game as well off the back of having someone alongside him who's able to supply him with what he then needs Cholak massively benefited as a result so you know it it works in a number of different ways I think yeah it does absolutely does moving on to the the fourth and final goal for Rangers Um, and this is something James that I really I really wanted to make sure that I got a chance to speak to you about because obviously I I was in um, Vienna I think it was last night when I was watching the Rangers game uh, I was fortunate enough to make it back in time for work this morning. But being in the ground, as you were, I'm keen to get the, the translation, if you will. From what I could see within our play last night, watching it on the telly, it just felt so incredibly positive. We were looking to penetrate and go forward as, as quickly as we possibly could with the ball. I think that Cantwell, in particular, um, and, and also Ryan Jack, absolute proponents have been able to get the ball and keep it moving and keep moving forward with it wherever we possibly could. Cantwell probably got a few tackles within which I could see a referee. And I will give him his due at this point now, Robertson, that he probably could have blown for free kicks. But he lets Cantwell go with it. And then the next thing is to be able to try and move it forward 10, 15, 20 yards. Um, as well as the goals that we scored, we did have a number of chances. We talked about the the, the, the Barisic one there. Sakala had, Kent had some. Um Ryan Jack, again, like I say, been able to just make sure that that engine was kept at a really high gear, which I thought was really great for us to be able to try and see in terms of level of tempo. But I thought it all came to to its, its fruition for me when you saw Rangers been able to score a goal with 10 opposition players in the box, which was for Cholak's goal, obviously. Um, some great work being able to try and continue to drive, continue to try and make space within the box. Um, we mentioned, obviously, Carlo within that, Kent within that. A great finish by Cholak to be able to get it by Marshall. Um, but what I thought was absolutely fantastic was despite that containment that Hibbs could, had to try and do in their own box, Cholak was still able to, to convert the chance. Our attacking play for so much of the game was not only really consistent, but it was also really varied. What I mean by that is we were a real threat down the wide areas with Tavernier and Barisic both getting forward. I remember a, a chance that Barisic where you you think he's going to cross, but he kind of cuts inside and you think he's going to pass it because you don't expect him to do anything with his right foot, but then he cuts in again and suddenly you're thinking, okay, have a shot. Um, and he's unlucky it's blocked for a corner. Uh, but it was a really, really good moment from Barisic, and he wasn't just trying to do the usual, I'll oh, get across, and he wanted to try something different. Uh, 
Tav is really, really strong uh, getting forward on the right-hand side. The Hibs defence could not deal with our wide play. Um, but it wasn't just out wide that we were trying. We weren't constantly looking to get the ball into that wide area and get a cross in. There was attacking play through the middle, whether it be Todd Cantwell or whether it be Ryan Kent, both you know getting the ball down onto feet, not just passing it, but bringing the ball forward, uh, dribbling forward with it. Um, Cantwell, just from that midfield area, offers that silk, but also the steel that you need as a midfielder to play in Scotland because he's not afraid to get stuck in, win the ball back. Um, yeah, he'll lose it, but he'll put in the challenges. He's not someone that expects someone else to do that for him because he's a he's a specialist player. He gives you the all-round package that you need for a midfielder. It's really, really great. Raskin as well, um, even though it was a quieter game from him compared to the other midfielders, he still is important because he has that same thing of, if I'm losing the ball, I want to win this back. Uh, I want to look forward. First thing he thinks of when he gets the ball is, look up, look forward, how can I advance the play? And I think, my feeling is that having these two midfielders in there doing those jobs, that's why we're now starting to see a better Ryan Jack. Because... Before, we were maybe asking him to do quite a lot of different things in the midfield. In some games, he was able to do that. There's been some really good Ryan Jack games in the past, but his role is now simplified. You know what it is that he's looking to do? He's, he's doing that, you know, use modern day kind of sort of football equivalent of like Casemiro, for example. He's, he's doing that job where he'll sit deep, but he's not just going to be an anchor and all he's doing is win the ball back and just pass pass the ball to one of the other guys. Because he's got that extra skill set, he has the license to be able to move that ball forward as well. So I think that he's benefiting hugely from having, especially Raskin alongside him because it's kind of sharing that load a wee bit as well. Um, but Cantwell, uh, it's so exciting seeing what he does. And if we are going to play with this sort of attacking midfielder in between the midfield and attack, then Cantwell could do that job and he'd be great at it. Tillman can do that job as well and he'd be great at it. If you've got both those guys in the team, that's going to benefit hugely. And the point is, we then have so many different ways in which we can attack. The potential is there. And there was a move where we put together maybe like 30 passes in a row and got a shot away. If that goes in, that's one of the goals of the season. We're, play, we're playing with that dynamism now. And, you know, Cholak's goal isn't as skillful, probably, as, as his first goal, but it's a really smart finish. And it's the movement to make sure he's in the right place. It's the natural striker's instinct. Uh, and it was great to see so much of how we played last night was so positive. Um, it's so like the Tynecastle game as well, where you see what it is we're trying to do. We're pulling it off and not just for half an hour. We're doing it for the majority of the game. That's what's so pleasing. Yeah, and it's interesting because I know that, listen, we'll have fans out there who are going to say, well, it's fine because it's not a League Cup final. You know, it's all right to be able to try and have all of this bluster when, you know, there's not too much on the line and all the rest of it and stuff. But I'll, I'll go back to when the manager came in, we were nine points behind. We're still nine points behind. 
Nothing has changed in that regard. Everybody, everybody listening to this, I'm sure, would still want the League Cup sitting in the trophy room at Ibrox. Of course we would. But we're still giving that element of consistency ourselves. And I think that what we've been asking for as fans, alongside the results that we've seen, is for performances like that. Now, we've had two of them. And I think that that's been to, for a number of reasons where we've maybe not been able to deliver that as well, as well or as frequently as we would have liked. But I want to be able to try and get certainly more than one of these performances under our belt so we can make it look like we're trying to set a standard and not have an anomaly. And I don't... Now what I believe is Tyne Castle wasn't an anomaly. Now I've seen where we can get to when we do have the stuff that we talked about before, you know, the understanding... The, the players coming in at a good level of fitness, looking to be able to try and move the ball with pace. There's an element of that as well, James Ware. I've got zero doubt that, you know, if I was to read about our game in today's reports, it'll be because Hibs started to fall away rather than us dominating the game. And we did dominate the game. 31 shots on target. It's... Um, indicative of how forward-thinking you are with the ball and what you can do within those chances. And I think we're talking about probably, I would say, three very good opportunities. Cholak could have had a hat-trick. We talked about the the Barisic chance. So there was more goals to be had. But I'm just, I'm just very, very excited by the prospect of us being able to deliver this on a consistent basis. What I like is the message after the game is not oh, this is like the best version of us and we are we are where we want to be. It's, yeah, we got we got four goals, but we could have got double. I want that to be the attitude. I want that to be the the mindset of, yeah, great, we've got a good win. That's what we need to see more consistently. And by the way, you could have done even better. Um, you know, there, there is, it wasn't the complete performance. We're, we're, we're a long way from that. And... You know whether whether we're going to see that this season or not, I don't know. But the point is, and where we're at now, because of what's everything else that's happened in this season up to this point, is we we have to now think as far as next season goes, who are the guys that we can turn to and rely upon? Who are going to be the guys who are going to be the leaders to help us continue to play that consistently, that well, and keep getting the wins. Listen, we can only control what we can control. You know, 99 out of 100 is is good, but it's not good enough. So, you know, that has to be the message that continues to, to be spread. And we've got the building blocks are absolutely there. I firmly believe that. There still needs to be a big change in terms of the squad. Let's not suddenly, you know, everything that was said when David and Andy were chatting on Monday, you know, everything that was said then is not suddenly written off because we've had a really, really good night at Easter Road. It's still valid, but it's not like we're then saying a load of guys that played in this game need to go. They don't. They absolutely have a part to play if they can show the consistency in performance like what we saw in the game at Easter Road. Yeah, and and I think most people are aware of that, but I'm getting to the stage now, James, where I, I, kinda, I don't even want to apologise for being arrogant by saying it could have been double figures because it's a belief that I want our fans to have. It projects onto the team and then again, like I say, sees some success from that as well. So 
yeah, listen, a brilliant performance, absolutely fantastic, James. Let's um, let's touch briefly on uh, on on Sunday's upcoming game and the quarter final of the Scottish Cup against Wraith Rovers. You are the Rangers manager. Do you make changes? Ooh. I can see the argument for, no, you put out your strongest team uh, to start with. You get the game won early and then you make the changes. Uh, I don't believe that that's what will happen, though. Uh, I don't think it will be 11 changes or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, for instance, if we play the same back five, for instance. Uh, It was weird. I I thought about this in terms of the substitutions that we made um, on Wednesday night. The guys who came on, there was there was one that I wondered, you know, why wouldn't we bring him on when the game's like this? And you know, after after a period of time out, and I wondered why we didn't put in Rabbi Matondo. Um, nothing against Scott Wright, but you could have easily brought on Matondo instead of Scott Wright, and he would have given you the same. And you know, it would have been a good, it was, you know, the confidence boost he could have got if he came on and got a goal. That would have been huge. So maybe maybe he's done that with the thinking of. You know, we give Rabi Matondo a start. It'd be interesting to see whether he would be playing as that kind of sort of attacking midfielder or as a secondary striker potentially. Um, I expect guys like Tillman to come back in uh, for the likes of Cantwell. We'll maybe see Hadji potentially play as well from the start. I think there will be guys that haven't had as much game time of late get that opportunity. I don't think it'll be. 11 across the board. Maybe you bring in John McLaughlin um, and, and goal as well. And we've, we've, we've yet to see this uh, chance for Robbie McCrory that we were that we were told about uh, ages ago, though. So, you know, if, if ever there was an opportunity for him to get a game, then you maybe get that. But maybe that ship is beginning to sail. I, 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 think, I can't. I don't, I don't know how he brings in McCrory now. I just think yeah. he's terrified that something... I'm not... Listen, this is absolutely not against Robbie McCrory, right? It could be anyone... Is that third third position? But for me, I just think he has to think about he can't take an unmitigated risk, in my opinion, about who he puts in there. There may be people listening to this going, look, it's Wraith Rovers at Ibrox. The stadium will be full. Control yourself. And that's a perfectly valid argument. Mm. I just don't think the manager would turn around and, and, and even potentially risk it. I don't know. And yes, obviously there was a goal that he allowed them to score, but I don't know if he felt that he potentially could eat his fingers burned against Partick Thistle. And, and I'll add into all of this and, and, and put this into your thinking as well, James. We've spoke a lot about being able to try and get that level of consistency, but let's face mm. it, our performances are very Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. So theoretically, you know, we go into Sunday thinking, well, you know, we've had a brilliant uh, response in Edinburgh and therefore we should be able to, to, to see the same at home this weekend. But yeah, we've been let down by that already. So you might just turn around and say, listen, do you know what? For consistency purposes, I'm just going to keep it the same. You guys have shown me what you can do, therefore it's on you. This isn't a midweek game at Eastern Road. This is at home in front of a sellout Ibrox, which I'm very sure it will be. And as a result of that, it shouldn't have anyone near the same levels of pressure. Um, I think it'd be a strong message. I think, send yeah, to to the team. If if he did that, actually, I would. I would. If if he did go with that, I'd I'd fully back it. I wouldn't have any problem if you know because he he talked about you know the idea of Tillman potentially playing the Wraith Rovers game just as a way of kind of getting back from uh, injury. I said maybe maybe we start with that and maybe when the game is won, you 
you know, if you if you go out, you go four up at half time or something like that. And I'm not saying that that's easy done or anything like that, not at all. But I'm just using that as an example. You know, do you do you then have guys on the bench like a John Suter, like a Ridvan Yilmaz, who may well be able to get a run out of 45 minutes to get kind of freshness back in their legs? Do you do do you manage the game that way? I don't think there's anything wrong with that idea. Um, my instinct is there's not going to be huge changes. I think there will be some. Uh, and any guys that do come into the team from the start, it's a really important game for them because they need to show that, yeah, that's, that's great, we, we played that, but this is what I can do against a team that I should be doing this against. So I, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to write off guys like Rabi Matondo. I don't at the moment because I don't think that we brought him in. And it's and listen, I'll also say this as well, just, just to cover all bases because I know that people will also say this as well. We, you know... We chose to pay him the money that he's getting paid, James. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's not Rabbi Matondo's fault. The bottom line, however, is if we need to be able to get into um, something in return for that, then we have to be able to give him games and we have to be able to give him chances. Either that or he's straight out the door in the summer. Now, all that being said, if he's not a Rangers player come August, would I lose sleep over it? Absolutely not. But this is maybe where if, you know, Beal or Banfield or someone someone turns around to Rabbi Matondo and says, look, this is your opportunity. If we were to select you, this is your opportunity to be able to get back into a regular um, consideration for the manager to be involved. Do you want that opportunity or not? And then it's on the player and the player has to be able to then go and turn up. And I, and, you know, I think that, that that is potentially one opportunity this gives us. I think so. So I think I think that's the way that you can you can use this game for sure. But at the same time, it's a Scottish Cup quarter final. It's a, you know likely our only chance of silverware now, uh, if we're honest. So you know, do you want to risk that for the sake of trying to have another look at guys that potentially you've maybe made your mind up on? That's, it'll be interesting. It's going to be it's it's one of the more interesting lineups that will be announced. I think uh, on the game on Sunday when it gets announced at twelve, uh, what what route we go down with Michael Beale, you, you never know. I guess uh, the the messages can be quite different. He might say one thing um, on the Friday ahead of the game, uh, but then go with something completely different. You don't know, so we'll, we'll wait and see. But. Like I say, any player who gets that opportunity from the start in that game, they need to grab that with both hands because they might not get many more chances. No, very true. Very true. Well, we will see. And as you say, it will be about noon on Sunday when it comes through. If you can't wait until then, folks, then why not jump onto our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where for only a couple of quid, you can get up to five shows a day about all things Rangers. My um, very uh, good friend James here does a wonderful job covering not only our B team, but also a chief exec pod, which is exclusive for our top tier members. So please feel free to jump on there and give us a little shout. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. But most importantly, thank you to my very good friend, James Forrest. James, um, we, we mentioned just before, jumping on air that we uh, we don't really get a chance to do this as much um, and it's just reminding me as to why we have to do it more often I really enjoyed it, I really enjoyed speaking uh, to yourself, I really enjoyed speaking to the wider Rangers community and 
you know the the stuff that we do in Heartland, the interactions that I get by doing the chief exec show, uh, I always really enjoy it. It helps me um, maybe see a different side of the game that I've just watched as well, because the more opinions you can get, it, it paints a wider picture, I think, and that can only benefit you know me as a football fan, fan and as a person. So. You know, really, really great fun. Um, the less said about the B team right now, the better, sadly. But um, hopefully a win for them in the capital on Saturday when they face Edinburgh University. Um, if you've got nothing else to do, by all means, pop along and see the young guys and see how they get along. But yes, my absolute thanks to yourself, Cami, for, for having me on. And let's not leave it too long before the next time. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, folks, if you're heading along to the game on Sunday, hope you have a brilliant day out. I think it's going to be a nice sunny afternoon. I know it's been a bit chilly here in Scotland, but... Hopefully the weather will be nice and bright for us all, nice and warm. So we'll go along and hopefully see Rangers progress to the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. David will be back with you to cover that game uh, on flagship as per usual on Monday. Thanks, everyone. Have a brilliant weekend. Stay safe and we'll speak to you soon. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.